Design New Podcast, Episode 53. Hi guys, it's Tina Murray here and welcome to the Design New Podcast. I've been working for a year or so now with the Africa Sunrise Foundation and we work with schools to help educate kids. But there's a bigger point for this um, and why I became very involved is because most of the schools that we work with don't have toilets and this affects education in more ways than you would ever, ever have imagined. So for instance, at one of the schools where there is someone in the community who will let the students use their toilet, uh, the teacher has to leave the classroom with a child every time they need to go to the bathroom. So it means one child going to the toilet is leaving 29 kids unattended in a classroom. And so imagine if this keeps happening throughout the day, the long-term effects that has on the education levels of some of those kids in that classroom. I'm also really passionate about it because unfortunately menstruating girls often won't attend school because they've got nowhere to change for that week a month when they have their period. So imagine that, missing a quarter of your schooling and the long-term implications of that. So I support Africa Sunrise Foundation. I go out and speak about it. If you would like me on your show or to come to your community to have a chat with you about it, I would love to do that. And also, please jump on our Facebook page. It's Africa Sunrise Foundation and like and support us so you can see the good work that we're doing to bring education to kids in Ghana. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Katinda Nadola. She's the author of an upcoming book, The Big Comeback, a motivational speaker, a mentor and coach, and a passionate advocate in personal development and human potential. She teaches people how to wake up inspired, ready to tackle the challenges in life and work, to feel trusted and valued throughout the day, and to return home feeling fulfilled, like they have contributed to something greater than themselves. She says her ideas are not conventional. She awakens our power within and has practical ideas and strategies to help us all on our personal development journey. Stay with me as I chat with Contender Nadola about the big comeback. All right, welcome to the Design You podcast. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I'm really good, thank you. Now tell me, what are you doing right now to design your best life? Wow, what am I doing? You know what I do and something that I'm really passionate about? is inspiring women whose confidence and self-esteem has been undermined due to life things like, for example, a bad job or maybe staying in a bad relationship long for too long. Mm-hmm. And they're just in a bad space because, you know, either they're going through domestic violence and going through stuff. And I'm just passionate about creating that environment for them, a platform for them to just boost their confidence and self-esteem and get their power back, basically. That stuff just... Oh, it inspires me too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. why is that so important for you? You're obviously passionate about it. Why is, why is it a passion for you, do you think? Because I went through it. You know, I was bullied. At, uh, this is the backstory. I was bullied when I was 10 years old, right? And I remember as a kid, 10 years old, you know, I went to school. I was skinny. I had long legs and all the kids teased me. And, you know, the whole bullying thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't say anything to anyone because, you know, as a child, you're thinking maybe it's me, maybe the problem yeah. is me. Yeah. So I started not going to tell my parents I'm sick, you know, faking sickness so you don't have to go to school. And before you know it, it just got out of control and my parents found out and they changed my school. Okay. But fast forward years later, that experience took a very long time because I lost my self-worth. I didn't think I was important. I didn't think I was beautiful. And it took a long time to overcome that. And especially the teenage years were very tough because mm. you just look in the mirror and you hate yourself. You think everybody else is pretty. Yeah. I look like a boy. You know, this is what I thought because that's what I got told. So it took me a long time and the journey was so long and painful mm. um, to the point that, I mean, after I finished high school, I decided to become a model. Don't know where I got the strength. I did all that. And the beauty about that was my skinny long legs were <laughs> benefit and were really a blessing because then I was in the model industry because I had that figure, you know, the yeah. slim legs and everything. And fast forward years later, of course, again, life takes a lot of twists. Yes. You know, relationships, we end up in places we're not supposed to be and we think this is what it is. And that took my self-esteem back as well and my confidence. Yeah. And once that was over, I thought, you know what? No one, it's not going to happen to anyone else. I'm going to make sure I work towards how to help other women overcome this. Because it's a common problem. We all have it. You know, we all feel unworthy. We all feel not loved. You know, all these things come through and it takes a long time to overcome it. Absolutely. Can we just go back one step though to you becoming a model from feeling so unattractive and that you weren't worthy enough? That is a huge step. How, what were you doing in your mind to be able to have the mindset to be able to step up? And really models are up there really to put in a position where they can easily be criticized, objectified. So that is a huge step to go from where you were to putting yourself in that. That's basically fighting your fear and going, you know what, <laughs> I am going right. to live beyond this. So how did you manage to be able to change your mindset to be able to do that? Cause that's brave. You know, I'll look back because I was about 19 at the time and I'd finished high school and everything. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I used to see TV ads and I used to, you know, you see billboards and stuff and you're thinking, I can do that. But <laughs> you don't say it to anyone because you don't even, at that point I didn't even know what the hell was modeling because I was from Kenya originally. Mm-hmm. And in my country in those days, parents did not think being a model was a good idea. It was all this stereotyping. Oh no, my daughter's going to take her clothes off all the kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I decided to just join this modeling agency to get, you know, the skill and everything. And then after that, I just started getting work. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, just one thing led to another. And that's how I think my confidence started to build up. Mm. Because before that, I was like, not shy, but I was just afraid. I didn't mm. think, you know, you compare yourself with other girls. And the industry is so bitchy and so cutty. You know, everybody's like, I'm better than you kind of thing. So you go there and you're thinking, oh, okay, I don't look that great. What's my chances? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you don't know what the clients are looking for. So once right. that, you said, once you start getting work, technically... As a human being, I think you just start boosting your confidence because everybody tries to help you get there too. So, mm. yeah, so yeah. that's how everything blended in. So when we're talking about relationships, the next part of what you were saying in your backstory, why do you think, you know, we go into these relationships and bit by bit our self-esteem may get, if we're not with the right person, maybe diminished bit by bit. Why do you think we stay there? Why do you think we don't necessarily have the skills to be able to, change our self-esteem when we're in particular environments? What is it that you, that you can help us with to help us understand that? 
You know what I think? I'm like, actually, I've got a book coming out about all this stuff because I just got sick and tired of thinking, why do we go through it and nobody teaches us? Mm. I believe growing up, even I think here in Australia too, nobody teaches you that stuff. You know, nobody mm. teaches you how to have confidence. Nobody teaches you how to have self-esteem. Mm. Nobody teaches you about self-worth, you know, all kind of stuff. Mm. So I guess we get into relationships again. Nobody teaches you or tells you, hey, this is what happens when you get in a relationship. This is what might happen. This is what you need to do. There is no school for that. So yes. basically it's like having a baby and you learn on the job. <laughs> and if you're lucky, if you're lucky to have a partner who helps you grow, you grow together. Mm. But then if you happen to be with someone who in the beginning, everything's sweet and pie. And then as time goes by, what happens, things start to change. Either they start getting insecure, they start putting you down and slowly bit by bit you start losing yourself because you're trying to either please Mm. stay away from conflict, which is what I did. I hate conflict. So Mm -hmm. I would put up with rubbish for the sake of peace. Yes. But then up to what point, then after a while you break down and then you go, you know what? Enough is enough. I've got a life too. So I think the whole idea is people need to start finding places and people who can help them with this because, and especially educating the young, young kids or young teenagers, you know, what to expect in a relationship how you need to present yourself, what is right, what is wrong. And we're not talking about the violence side of it, just the basic everyday Mm. growing, you know, being together. We don't have that. So when somebody starts to chip you down or bring you down, you just go down. Mm. It's not easy to even know it's happening because you just think it's normal. Maybe you don't even think you need to leave because it's not that bad. Mm. You know, there's all these things that happen to you. So I think in my case, I overstayed in one of my relationships because I was thinking, okay, I can cope. I'm a woman. I'm strong. You know, you keep telling yourself and then you always excuse the behavior of the other person as well. Interesting. Which is a thing we women do all the time. I don't know why we do it, but we do it. Mm -hmm. But then at some point you either get, you wake up because you know, we sometimes you just, we just there and then you just get your aha moment and you decide, you know what? I've got a life. Mm -hmm. I need to be happy. I need to grow. I'm not growing. And I believe Everybody should realize you go to a relationship to grow together. So if you're getting destroyed and you're not growing, I don't think it's a good idea to stay Mm. because it's the best interest for each person. So you're either there to grow or what else is there? There's no two two ways about it. Yeah. So let's talk more about this growth. What do you think we do need from relationships? Well, emotional support. We need that. Mm -hmm. We need a lot of emotional support, which... It's funny, I was talking to a, a friend of mine and I was saying, I think in all my relationships, I never got that. Okay. But then, and then again, I'm not sure, did I give that? Because again, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say they were the problem because I think it takes two to tangle. Sure. And if you don't feed each other with certain things, because so everybody's got something that the one doesn't have, right? Mm. So I think, again, I didn't even know these things. Like I've learned on the job, I had to go through a really serious personal development journey to wake up on this. Mm. I didn't realize that, you know, we've got so much to offer in a relationship apart from this, the basic things that people think we offer. But then who tells you these things? Nobody does. A bit about questioning, you know, talking depth, you know, not just having a conversation that's meaningless. Mm. You know, we don't have a lot of that. And this is why they say sometimes, if you remove sex from a relationship, there's nothing else left. Mm. Now that is very scary mm. because people should have depth. People should have something more to, you know, to hold them together, something more creative for both sides. Yeah. And I believe for me, I think definitely getting more depth 
in terms of conversations, getting more deep with people, mm-hmm. finding out how they feel, you know, trying to be very emotional, intelligent about these things. Because I think we sometimes very selfish. We care about us, but we forget about that the person has needs. They have feelings. We have to be sensitive to what they need. And I think because I know all that, I have become such a better person. I'm like, okay, now I do. I feel you. I know what's going on. I'm not going to go crazy because of something silly you did. No. I know where you're coming from. Maybe you're having a bad day. Do you want to talk about it? I'm here to listen. Yeah. So, and I think another thing is we don't listen. Oh my gosh, we don't listen. Mm. We take each other for granted after a while. We think, oh, he's always going to be there. She's always going to be there. Mm. And I believe people need to feel appreciated. I think the biggest one in my case, and I know it's an inter- it's a big thing for everybody, we forget to appreciate each other. Mm. Appreciation. We forget that. We just mm. don't do it. And, and that's it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a do a break. That's it. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think too, the more that you actually show someone else that you're appreciated is it starts to bring back into that relationship oh, that's why I'm with that person. Because, you know, rather than just taking it for granted, it's bringing us back to remembering why we're in that relationship. And then hopefully it's reciprocated. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I believe, like, this is where I go again, because I'm very big on personal development. And I always say, one of the teachers or gurus that I follow love, he says, personal development is the gift to give to others. Yes. So when you change you, because it's, it's a fact. You cannot change other people, no matter what. And this is another thing we do when we get into relationships. We always think, oh, I don't like that about this person, but once he was with me, maybe he might change for me. <laughs> Again, I didn't even know that too. And you see, this is the things I'm saying. Nobody tells you these things until you get into it and you learn the lesson the hard way. Mm. So I know that now. So the thing is, I'm a big believer. You change yourself for the better. And exactly. people around you, will we'll kind of just change according to the way things are. Because if you're a better person, everybody around you becomes better. Because you, mm-hmm. you, you just vibrate that frequency, you know what I mean? So I know for me, I said, change me first. Yep. I become a better human being. And then the, my environment will be also very beautiful and better. Mm. And does part of that mean moving away? As you say, if you're of a different frequency, it means that you may not be evolving at the same frequency as other people around you. So does that mean it's time for some people to, they'll just sort of start to fade out of your life because there is that different energy levels? Well, I think a lot of times if I just think about friendships, especially mm-hmm. if one friend sort of get that aha moment and starts going on a different path, the rest of the people start questioning what's wrong with her. She's something's wrong. She's crazy. She's weird. <laughs> or she's in a cult, whatever it is, you know, it's interesting because this personal development journey, a lot of people start thinking, Oh, who are, who are you hanging around? They're crazy, you know, the kind of stuff. But once that starts to happen and you start being so vibrant, so energetic, so positive, people who are negative cannot stay because mm-hmm. that's not their vibe. They just cannot stay. Yeah. And I guess in relationships, they either pick the vibe or they have to leave. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. You can't always just be negative. That's just a no-go zone. Yeah. Why do you think people are negative? What do you do? You think it's the way we're brought up, or do you think it's our basic personality? It's what do you think it is? I think it's life. <laughs> it's, just life. <laughs> it's like judgment. Why are people so judgmental? You know, like we're talking on a negative side of things, not professionally, where you have to apply these skills to do your job. But sure. people are negative. People are so negative because I think it's also self-taught. You know, you depending also where you grow up. You know, your environment. If it's so negative. How can you be positive? If everything around you is negative, you pick, you, you, what did they say? You're like the five people, 
you spend mm-hmm. the most time with. So your environment contributes a lot to your negativity. But mm-hmm. at the same time, on the, as a person, we've got a lot of inner critic, you know, the self-talk. Sure. And we do that, which means we are self-sabotaging every minute of the day. And it's one of those things, once you're aware of it, you can change it. Mm. It's a muscle. It's just like anything else. You just have to change that negative muscle to something positive because I believe when you're so negative, everything just goes wrong in your life because mm-hmm. you're always vibrating negativity. Nothing is positive and you're not grateful because a negative person cannot be grateful. So forget it. Mm-hmm. You've got to change one or the other. Are you grateful or negative? Which one do you want? Do you want a good life or a bad life? Yeah, true. The choice is right. <laughs> It's interesting because I think if you have a negative mindset, there might be positive things happening around you. You just may not be seeing them because we focus on what it is that we are attracted to. So if we have a positive mindset, we're going to be looking for the positivity. If we have a negative mindset, we'll only see the negative and the positive won't really shine out for us. So it's what we focus on, isn't it? Very true. But again, it's the people around you. Seriously, I think your environment, your people, People around you have a very big impact on what you, how you think and how you behave. Yes. Because sure. birds of a feather flock together. So <laughs> <laughs> it's very important to just create, and even just your home or wherever you live, you know, it's nice to make the place beautiful because, you know, a beautiful environment creates mm. a positive vibe as well. And that's mm. the one thing I realized, like when I'm having a really bad day, I'm like, okay, is my environment beautiful? Forget the people mm. now. The environment itself. What is it in my environment that's, it's creating stress. So it's not supposed to, you know, it's clutter, you know, mm. things that need to get out. Mm. So a lot of that, it's, it's things we have the power to do. It's yeah. nothing. Everything we have is in us. You know, it's, we've got it. Yeah. It's just we need a reminder. I think we always need a reminder. Yeah. And it's nice that you're stopping to, to look at that and to see, well, what could, is it that I can do to change? And you're right. I, I feel that, you know, I need a place that I can come home to. I'm not particularly outgoing person, but often in the work I do, I need to be outgoing. So I need a space where I can come back and I've got my special people around me in my little cocoon. Yeah. And then I can step back out again and do what I need to do. So, yeah, I, I like that, that your the sense of space works with however works for you. It's lovely. Yeah, Tell us you about your book. Oh, my book. Now, my book. Mm, should I talk about it? Yes. <laughs> so my book is called, it's called The Beat Comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a self-help book. It's not a book about me. It's a book about helping it's, a, it's focused on women, but anybody can read this book. So it's focused on fear. You know, most women, we have lots of fears. And the first chapter, I talk about fear because that is what holds everybody back. Something mm-hmm. is always holding you back, whether it's fear of rejection, fear of not being enough, fear of failure, which is a big one too. Mm-hmm. Fear of public speaking or fear of even being here right now. There's a lot of people who would not do this because they're like, mm-hmm. boom, not it's too scary. Sure. So I focus mainly on personal development. So overcoming your fears, self-esteem and confidence. I talk about how to write a love letter to yourself. Nice. Um, I've got a chapter on that, which is about me writing a love letter to me with all being very vulnerable, basically, you know, to yourself, but, you know, opening yourself up to the world because that's what life is about. My experiences are not unique. I'm sure somebody else will read it and go, oh my gosh, that's me too, you know. Mm. So I talk about goal setting. I talk about the journey, the gift of personal development. I talk about a little bit about domestic violence, you know, just a little touch on it, just the impact of how domestic violence is just not good for the families or the communities. Mm. I talk about finding love. 
which is not anything like everybody be like finding love. It's all about us. So what do you need to do for you first before you go out in the world? You know, nice. I like it. Yeah. Because a lot of people think, Oh, finding love. I'm going to go out there. I'm like, hang on a minute. Starts with you first. Yeah. How much do you love you? Yep. Because you can't give what you don't have mm. and you can't give what you don't know either. So, and I was, a, I was one of those people. I was like thinking, I didn't know what love was. I was just cruising, you know, relationship after relationship. And again, you know, we think relationships solve our problems, which is another thing women, we, you know, we don't get taught that. We don't know that. You know, you feel you've got a gap in your life rather than figure out what the problem is. Mm. You think a man will fill your gap. And then he's supposed to compliment you, not complete you because that doesn't happen. Yes. And I was one of those women who was thinking, okay, a relationship will fix whatever void I've got, but it didn't work. It got worse. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to sort of get to a point where it's like, hang on a minute. I need to fix me and my own rescue. Yeah. Nobody can fix anyone, you know? Yeah. So it's about that. I talk about legacy. I talk about purpose mm-hmm. and I talk about procrastination. Procrastination sure. is the big thing. Everybody, we all have that. Um, my book has been, it's now two years nearly because I was procrastinating on doing it. I was like, <laughs> I don't know where to start. And I was thinking, oh, this is easy. Yep. No, it took me two years. So, yeah. <laughs> but you've done it. And well, it's actually literally in the last stages of production now. So it's like, yes, it's happening. And how do you find going through that process? As you said, you procrastinate to start with and then bit by bit you've, you've chunked it down, you're getting through it. What are you learning about yourself in that process too? Because you know, there's so much that you're putting into there which is helping us and there must be learnings yeah. amongst the way. Yeah, okay, yep. Fear, fear. What was holding me back? I mean, I signed up on the contract. I had this, everything was right there, but I was like, okay, where do I start? Yeah. I just didn't know. I don't even know what was holding. I don't even have a reason what was holding me back, but I was always afraid to start because I thought I'm not smart enough. Mm. The same things I'm talking about. I thought, oh, who's <laughs> going to read my book? I'm not smart enough. What the hell do I know? You know, I just self-doubted myself. Again, the inner critic. Mm-hmm. But then once I got into it, bang it was just like the momentum just picked up I just got doing everything yeah and I was like why was I even afraid (laughs) what was it I was worried about and it's again self-judgment I think we worry about I'm worried you worry about what people think but then who are these people I guess (laughs) you know what I mean who are you worried about you're sitting in your space writing your thing and you're worried about people that don't even exist somehow in your head yes and, um, and I found once you overcome that, and this is how when I was writing, I thought about the procrastination. That was not part of the plan. And mm-hmm. I thought I had this problem. So I better write about it because this is what a lot of people will go through in life in general, not mm-hmm. necessarily writing a book, but just everything we do. Yeah. yeah. I like your vulnerability, the fact that you're willing to call it the, all the things that we have and the fact that you're vulnerable and say, you know what, this has happened to me as well. I think that's a really it's great for people to be able to see that because so often don't we just sit there going, oh, well, it's just me who's feeling this way. But what you're saying is a lot of these things, all these fears, procrastination, not being good enough, things which we all harbour, we just don't talk about it. As you said, we're not educated about it. Well, I think it's actually the I'm not good enough thing is an universal thing. Everybody. And I remember Oprah was talking about it in her last show and she was saying everybody she interviewed you know, it doesn't matter who they were, men and women, you know, they appear like big or whatever. They all had a problem. They had something that were missing. They always felt they were not enough of something. Mm. So we all have it. It's just a matter of figuring out what that is, especially when 
you're supposed to be doing something and you're just not doing it. Mm. What's stopping you? That's when you realize, oh, I don't feel enough of this. That's why I'm not doing it. Yeah. But once you've come back, you're like, hang on a minute. What was I even thinking? What was I afraid? <laughs> it's really, I think once you overcome it, you look back and thinking that nah, I can't believe that was holding me back. Part so. of what you talk about is finding your purpose. And as you got more into your book, you discovered that, you know, you started to get this flow. Talk to us about purpose and how we can find that. Well, I find that, you know what, again, in my book, I write about that particular topic. Every time I heard anybody talk about purpose, I used to wonder what the hell is this about? It didn't make sense, you know, because it's like also, you know, the three exist, what do you call it? Existential anxieties or, you know, people are afraid to know who they are, why they're here. Again, what's their purpose? I heard that a lot, but it never registered. I just didn't know what that was about. And I always assumed it's for the privileged few, you know, like the queen, politicians, the wealthy, you know, because you just think it's not for us, you know, because mm-hmm. the way it came across, it was only for certain type of people. And the people that talked about it, obviously, were those sort of people. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't resonate at all. Okay. And so when I started writing it, and I'm thinking, this affects all of us. Seriously, we all were born because we were a gift to the world. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, eh, hang on a minute, everybody was born to solve something. You know, why are we here? We're here to solve a problem, whatever the problem might be, is your passion, whatever, it's a musician, a doctor, a broadcaster, whatever. And what I found with that was, it was so mind-blowing that it's so simple. Mm-hmm. But again, nobody teaches you these things. You know, you just go to school, you just do your thing until something, or maybe you're lucky to be in the right environment, right family, whatever, then you get to know this stuff. And I find it so simple because it's like just four things, you know, what do you love doing? Because we're talking about passion here. It's like basic things that just come easily to you. You know, you know nothing you have to think about. Like I hate math, so I would never say any mathematical stuff is not for me. <laughs> I'm a talker and somebody said to me, you talk so much, so that's your passion. Find passion around talking. I'm like, yeah, easy. Because that's natural to me. Yes. So there's about finding out what you're good at, what you enjoy, mm-hmm. and also looking at, for example, I always ask people, if I came to your library, what sort of books would I find? Mm. Now, if for some reason your books, majority of books are fashion, mm-hmm. obviously your, fashion, your passion might be fashion. Mm-hmm. If it's cars or technology, you know, it's, it's somewhat like sometimes we just don't see it because you, you do something all the time. Obviously, there's a reason why, because you enjoy it. That's why you yeah. do it. Yep. It's all those little things that people don't think, oh, that's not me. Well, you're always doing it, so you just need to get better at it. Mm-hmm. You know. And what is it also, look at it, this, and what is it that you can give to the world? What is it you can contribute as well? So it's not mm-hmm. about, I've got a passion, I'm great, but how do I give back? Because mm-hmm. what is it you do that you enjoy giving back? So it's really... Not hard. And all that is in the book, it's like a five-minute thing. If somebody reads a chapter, you can actually write it all down and come up with your passion and your purpose in five minutes. Really? That easy? Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's just things get so complicated because mm. it makes people think. It's simple steps. It's only five things and simple steps, things that you know about yourself. Mm. Too easy. And in the whole of the chapter, I break down things like I talk about Serena Williams, for example. I talk about Bill Gates. He's in technology. That's because that's his passion. Mm-hmm. She plays sport, tennis. That's because it's passion. So it's all about thinking, what is it you do? And then you connect it to what would people who do this? Mm-hmm. What do they do for a living? And how can they do that for a living? And once you connect the dots, 
then you just know who you are and what you, what's going on for you. Mm. The thing I find interesting is often people, things that come easily, like you said, you know, if someone said to you, will you talk, that's your passion. Often we don't value the things that come easily to us because it, because it becomes easy. So we, we often, I feel, need to think we've worked really hard for something and then we value it more than the stuff which is, as you said, you're born with it. You had some great quote there about that came out of your mouth, which was something about we're all a gift to the world or something like that is what you said. Yeah, we are born as a gift. We're a gift. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. And the moment we start to see that we don't have to work hard, that some of the stuff which just comes naturally is probably there for a reason for us to be able to contribute to the world with. I love it. Yeah, but then we still have to perfect it. I mean, like for me, I was never into public speaking Mm -hmm. because I wasn't interested in it until somebody mentioned that you should do public speaking Mm -hmm. because you talk too much and it never (laughs) clicked. It didn't click because it's not, it wasn't something I paid attention to. Sometimes you see other people also, this is what I'm saying. People around you help to help you grow because you might have a lot of talent. Mm. And as you said, it comes easy to you. You don't see any, you think it's just normal, but you can develop that and it becomes something bigger than yourself. You know what I mean? So I think your environment helps shape whatever your talent or passion is as well. True. And either helps you. you. They bring the best out of you. Yeah. So that's what you need. You don't need people to suppress it. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people that do that is always friends and family. They're the ones that are dream stealers. You know, you come up with an idea. Like when I said I was writing my book, a friend of mine said to me, we don't know anybody who writes books. Oh. I said, that's fine. I said, I'm going to be the first one in the click of circle. No problem. And she goes, you're never going to do it. And I thought, okay. It's normal. That happens all the time. Your friends or family will be the worst cynical people around you when you're trying to do anything. And that's a given. So it's just a question of overcoming that and just getting on with it. And then once it's finished, so right now I'm waiting once it's ready to my hands, I'm doing the book launch. I'm like, hey, this is what's up. And then I was like, oh, I didn't think you could do it. Now it's here. <laughs> Go you. <laughs> yeah. You have to though. How can people get in touch with you? Ooh, how can they find me? Facebook, social media, basically I'm everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram. Facebook, what's the other one? Twitter, you're there. Oh yeah, all of them. All the all the basic, all the basic ones. Yes, yes. Easy. So, fifty years time, where do you see yourself? Oh my god, don't even say that. You know, I was doing this thing. My birthday is in two days, okay? (laughs) And I was, I've got this thing I'm doing with people that I know, and they freak out, and I send them if I know what date you're born and your year and everything, and I send you, you know, how many hours you've lived in the world how many minutes you've been here the whole thing mm-hmm. and I was looking at mine and I freaked out I'm like oh my gosh this is so many hours and <laughs> it's freaky so and obviously I look at myself like it's weird I was talking about it yesterday and I was thinking 50 years time I'll be nearly 90 oh my god that's old but then I'm thinking with if we continue being positive and healthy mm. I think we should be doing really good. We should be really good role models for others. That's mm-hmm. how I look at it. Mm-hmm. So what yeah, would that be for you? Wow. You know, it's funny you say that because I put, I've got a little bit in my book about the confidence, self-esteem about women, where we say as women get older, we tend to lose our confidence and self-esteem. And especially women who, you know, we used, you know, if you use your beauty to advance your career and everything. And as you get older, that cannot be the case. Mm-hmm. And that just gets you to lock yourself away from everybody. But I believe 
age is gold because you know what, like, like the saying goes, women are like fine wine. They get better with age. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, the fact that we are getting older for me, I feel it's more reason to feel more confident because you've got nothing to prove to anyone. You know, you've been there, done that. You're just enjoying life and learning and relearning things and teaching and teaching other people, just, you know, giving them the best you can. Mm. And talking of teaching, what would be one message you leave for the Design New community? Wow. You can't love another if you don't love you first. Because that's very important. I mean, again, as I said, I used to hear the word love yourself and I didn't know what that was. And I won't say what I thought it was because you're broadcasting. It was just kind of crazy. (laughs) And I used to hear that word and I used to go, "Uh oh, this word doesn't mean the right thing. But anyway, it's just the way I, the perception on my mind or the way I took it was very wrong and different. But then I realized in reality, if you don't love yourself, if you don't know how love feels for you, Mm. how can you give it? Mm. And that is a big part in my book because that's one thing I struggle with. I always thought love is basic stuff. You do things for people, you do stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. But they realize, hang on a minute, I don't love myself. And I said to people, loving yourself is not just pampering yourself, you know, taking yourself, getting a manicure or eating a good restaurant. That's great. It's more about you, your inner thoughts, your time alone, you know, your, your silence when you're alone and you just align yourself with what's important for you mm. and just getting to know who you are. Because I think another big thing with all of us, we just exist, we just cruise, but we don't really know who we are. Mm. And I think that's where you can tell the difference with people because people who know who they are, they're very grounded. They're very nice people to be around. They're very, their frequency is amazing. Mm. And this is how I vibe now. I can tell like people are sort of all over the place. I'm like, hang on a minute, just get back to you. Who are you? What's, mm-hmm. what's going on with you? Like, who are you as a person in this world? What's your gift in the world? What, what do you bring for you and what do you bring for others? And once you find that it gets, life gets easier. And that's where the negative chatter starts to stop. Cause once yes. you're clear about who you are, you, you smile more, you're more happier. And people around you see that they're like, why are you always happy? <laughs> oh, it's contagious, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and I get a lot of that. People call me up and they say, how comes you're always happy every time you talk on the phone? I said, why not? Is that a bad thing? I said, Jeez. <laughs> I said, you choose your mood. You can choose your mood because if you don't do it, you don't control yourself enough to say, today I wake up, I'm going to be happy. This is what's going to happen. And, you know, your thoughts, you, you know, your thoughts are just, you know, what did they say? You uh, something about your thoughts. I have to remember that saying. Everything, so many things to think about. Yeah. So, what you think about, you bring about. Mm. So, if you feel happy, you bring happiness around you. People around you vibrate right where you also vibrate happy. So, I think it's very important to focus on what is good for you and what you want to happen in your life. And mainly, sorry, mainly a lot of people need to find out who they are because seriously, mm. that is the number one key to everything, everything going positive for you, your happiness, your fulfillment, you're going to know who you are because mm. if you're lost, you're going to struggle. Mm. And you spoke yeah. earlier about listening to other people, but a big part of that's actually about listening to ourselves too and what our needs are, who we are, what our passion is, what we're good at and, yeah, really evolving that self-esteem. Oh, yeah. I think the thing is people forget, you know, there's confidence, we can fake it. Anybody can fake confidence, but you can't fake self-esteem because self-esteem is how you see yourself. How do you value yourself? 
How do you like you? It's all about you. It's got nothing to do with confidence or what people see. It's what you, how you see yourself. Yeah. And if you don't build that up, it's like another thing I know, like if you go somewhere, let's say job interview or in a social setting and you get rejected, you know, all those things that happen, your self-esteem goes down because you start thinking something's wrong with me. That's why this happened to me. No, boost your self-esteem. That's part of life. It's another lesson. You learn something, move on. Yep. No big deal. Yeah. 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 And people say that when they go through um, dating sites as well, that the, you know, they, they feel like they're getting rejected all the time, but it's just like, well, that person just wasn't right for you. It's actually not a reflection on you. It's just a re- reflection on the fact that you weren't right for each other. And it's not a judgment well, on either of you being good or bad. It's a blessing because, well, maybe, you know, you don't know what could have happened. So maybe this rejection is a universe saying, hang on a minute, you're not aligned in the right way together. Either. Yeah. So just keep going or keep moving, keep looking, you know? So I think people just need to accept that in life we have to learn the lessons. It doesn't matter how you look at it. Mm. There's always lessons to be learned and everything that happens is always, people should look at it as another stepping stone to, you know, getting better. It's not a failure because a lot of people have, Mm. you know, rejection, failure. Those things really are bad triggers for a lot of people, but everybody goes through it. We fail so many times to get one thing right. Absolutely. I think there's nobody, no one can claim that they've never failed. And a lot of people look at anyone who's successful, anybody who's the name that people know, Mm. how many times did they get rejected? How many times did they fail? How many times did they have tears and almost want to give up, but never did. Mm. And the point is don't give up. You know what? We're all in it together. We are all in it together. Yeah. That is a lovely way to end this. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been great talking to you. I'm really excited about your book and I'm glad you stopped procrastinating and got out there and got it done. (laughs) Thank you, Tina. (laughs) Yes. A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.